scripture a Bible on your um, phone or iPad or whatever. Open those Bibles of yours today to the, the Old Testament, the Old Testament book of Ruth, the Old Testament book of Ruth. And um, I, I, I had, you know, I had a couple of messages that the Lord had impressed upon my heart to preach. And um, I couldn't decide which one to preach this morning and which one to preach tonight. And so I was just torn between, I wanted to preach them, you know, both. And uh, I didn't know whether I was going to have flip a coin, get out the urim and the thummim or whatever to, make, you know, to decide what to do. But anyway, I had, I had made the CD labels for one message and got them ready for them back here, you know, for the recording. And then the Holy Spirit kind of changed my direction. So I made some more CD labels for the other message. And I had both sets of them sitting back there. And it was like, okay, you know, what are we going to do, Lord? And finally, the, the Lord just impressed. The Holy Spirit impressed upon me what he wanted me to share this morning. So the CDs that are back there should be for this message today. But uh, it's from the book of Ruth. And uh, if you've not read the book of Ruth in a while or have never read it, take some time this afternoon, if you would, to read it. It's only four chapters. You can read the whole book of Ruth in probably you know, 30, 45 minutes or whatever. So, but uh, read the book of Ruth. And I'm going to share some things about Naomi today um, in, uh, from this book of Ruth. And I'm going to begin reading. If, you, if you're there in Ruth chapter 1 is where we're going, in Ruth chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verse 19 uh, down through verse 21, 19 through 21. And it says this, Now the two of them, and it's speaking of, of Ruth and Naomi. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem, and it happened that when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? Naomi had been gone, as we'll see, for about ten years from Bethlehem. And they said, Is this Naomi? But she, Naomi, said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word today, and we ask for your anointing, the Spirit of the Lord, to help us as we minister this message to your people from the Holy Scriptures today, that you would open our hearts to receive the seed of the Word of God. Give me the words that you would have me to say today, and we will give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. The book of Ruth is a wonderful book. The book of Ruth is a, is a story of redemption. And it's a story, when you begin to read this book, it's a story of a family, a husband by the name of 
uh, Elimelech and his wife Naomi. They had two sons. Their son's name was Malon and Chilion. And um, this family, Elimelech and, and his wife and children, left Bethlehem to go and to live in the land of Moab because there was a famine in the, the, the country of Israel and in Bethlehem. So they left Bethlehem to go to Moab to find food. And during that time in Moab, Naomi lost her husband. There was tragedy that struck their family and struck their life while they were there in Moab. Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And also she lost both of her sons to death. They had both married, and the Bible doesn't say what caused their death, but it was a tragic thing. So Naomi had a daughter-in-law who left her to return to her own family, but she had one daughter-in-law that by the name of Ruth, whom the book is named after, that decided to stay with Naomi and go with her back to Bethlehem. But Naomi had suffered such a terrible, terrible tragedy. She's left all alone now. Her husband and both her sons have died, and she is, is, is in a place now that she's left broken and she's bitter. And everything seemed to be against her. Her whole life has fallen apart. And uh, I'm sure all of us have faced situations like that, haven't we, where it just seemed like everything has fallen apart and everything in our life has gone, been turned upside down and gone wrong. But after 10 years, Naomi returns back to Bethlehem to live out the rest of her days. She had gotten word that there was bread in Bethlehem, so she goes back to Bethlehem and um, to live out the rest of her days, and she takes uh, one of her daughter-in-laws by the name of Ruth with her. She just determined to go with her mother-in-law, Naomi, and upon entering the town of Bethlehem, she is recognized by those who knew her and those who remembered her from before. Like I said, she's been gone for about 10 years, and, but they, they were there, those there who remembered her, and her name was spoken from the lips of her friend. And as she, as she came into the city, they began to call her name, and they said, Naomi is back. Welcome back, Naomi. It's so good to see you, Naomi. And each time she heard her name, it reminded her of what her name meant. And the name, her name, Naomi, meant pleasant, good, and sweet. That's what the name means, Naomi means. The meaning of her name, when she would hear the name Naomi, she was haunted by her name, for her life had not been pleasant. Her life had not been sweet. The circumstances that she had been through had not been pleasant circumstances. And so she didn't want to hear that name Naomi. And so everyone's calling her by that name, and she finally said to them, and we read it to you from in our text this morning, she finally said to everyone, don't call me Naomi. Don't call me by that name anymore. I don't want to hear the name Naomi anymore because I am not pleasant. I am not sweet. I am not happy. But I want you to call me Mara because I am bitter. Call me, call me Mara from now on. I went out full, Naomi said. I went out full and I came back empty because the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. 
So don't call me pleasant or sweet. I'm Myra. And as I said, the word Myra means in the Hebrew, it's a word that means bitter. So she's saying, call me bitter from now on because that's what I am. I'm bitter. I'm no longer sweet. You know, that's a, that's a place we have to always be careful that we as believers don't enter into that when we go through the difficult times and, and trials and struggles and situations that we deal with in life. But there's something that's very interesting, though. If we were to stop there, we would say, well, here was a woman that went out full, came back empty. She had everything. She came back with nothing. And here was a woman that was pleasant, that was sweet, that was lovely, and that was wonderful. But now her circumstances had made her bitter. And we could just stop right there. But see, that's not the end of the story. we got to do a little Paul Harvey message, okay, and, and give you the rest of the story. Because it's very interesting that when you search this history and read this book of Ruth, you will discover something. And that is that, that, that Naomi was never referred to in the Scripture by the name Myra. She was never referred to. When she, the, the only time you read of it is here when she told everybody, you call me Myra. But as you read through the book, everyone, guess what everybody continued to do? They just kept calling her Naomi. <laughs> Amen. They kind of ignored what she said. And they refused to call her Myra or bitter, but they just continued to call her Naomi. They continued to call her good and sweet and pleasant. And you know, the Holy Spirit, even in the book of Ruth, when you read through it, the Holy Spirit refers to Naomi 12 different times after chapter 1. And every time the Holy Spirit refers to her as Naomi, not one time. Now, this is very significant, I think. Not one time does the, does the Word of God, does the Holy Spirit ever refer to her as Myra, but always to Naomi. Now, here was a woman that had lost her husband, but she's still Naomi. Here was a woman that had lost both of her sons, but she's still Naomi. She had the most, she had lost most of her possessions. She was broken. She was reduced to nothing, but listen, she's still Naomi. They refused to call her Myra. The Bible refused to call her Myra. The Holy Spirit refused to call her Myra, but her name was still Naomi. Now, there's an interesting message. I think there's a great message here for us because, listen, you know what this tells me? You know what this says to me? That as a child of God, we have an identity that supersedes all the trials and the tests and the problems and the circumstances and the situations that come our way. Praise God. Amen. You may think that you're a Myra today, but I'm going to tell you, if you're born again, if you know Jesus, if you're a child of God, you're still Naomi. Amen. Your situation today, your trials, your tests, your problems, no matter what you are going through or what you've been through, it those things cannot overcome or supersede the identity that God has given to you as a child of God. Let me tell you something this morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am who my heavenly Father says I am. I am what this Bible says that I am. I am who I am, not because of what I have or what I'm going through in this world, but I am who I am because of 
who I am in Jesus Christ and what I have in Jesus Christ through the new birth and through being a child of Almighty God. Amen. My circumstances in life matter not concerning my identity. Amen. And anything that the devil does, anything that the enemy comes against me or tries to do cannot change the fact of who I am in Jesus Christ. So there's some lessons that we need to learn here this morning. And the first one is this, and that is that circumstances must not determine your identity. We all have difficult circumstances that we go through in life. We're we're in this world. We're not of this world. But as long as we're in this world, Jesus said that in the world you shall have tribulation. Didn't he say that? But he also said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. See, I am not what I presently, I, I am not what I am presently living through or I am not what I have already been through because my situation in life does not determine who I am. I may be ill at times I uh, and I have been. All of us have, have, have been in that place where we've been physically ill or physically sick and uh, the doctor's report may not be good and may not be what I wanted to hear. I may d- be discouraged occasionally and brother um Charlie mentioned uh, about depression and there are those that are dealing with depression and dealing with discouragement in their life and, and all of us get discouraged uh, discouraged uh, occasionally but, but that does not mean because you're discouraged that you have to yield to depression. Come on somebody. I may have some financial struggles in my life but I'm going to tell you I am not poor because my identity and who I am, listen to me saints, my identity your identity, who we are, is not based what we are going through. And it's not based on the circumstances of life. Because regardless of what is happening in my life, I still belong to the Heavenly Father. My faith remains in Jesus Christ. I am still washed in the blood of the Lamb. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. He has called me by his name. And I'm not going to be. I refuse to be called by the name of Myra. I refuse to be bitter. I refuse to, to, to succumb to the circumstances of life because I am who God says I am. And he has called me. And he has called you by his name. We sang about the name of Jesus this morning. And can I tell you today that if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior he has called you by his name he has given you a new identity you're not who you used to be but you are now a new creature in Christ Jesus all things have passed away all things have become new because you are in Jesus Christ don't call me Mara hallelujah call me a child of almighty God amen Oh, hallelujah. Second Chronicles, and we know the verse well, but God said, if my people that are called by my name, by God's name, Isaiah 43, 1, he says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. I got news for the devil today. I got a news flash for Satan. I got a word for old Slewfoot. I don't belong to him anymore. 
I don't belong to the devil anymore. There was one time that I did, but praise God, the Lord delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Amen? He said, I have even called you by your name. Isaiah 45 and 4, he said, I have named you. What has God named you? What has God named us today? Amen. He has named us son. He has named us his daughter. He has named us redeemed. He has named us a child of God. I am what God has called me. Blessed and highly favored in the Lord because I am in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I belong to the Heavenly Father. Can I get an amen? See, I'm called by the Father's name, and He calls me victorious. How many knows that today? You know, God calls us victorious. See, regardless of your circumstances, you are victorious. If you're in Christ and your faith is in Him and what He did at Calvary, how many of you all know Jesus won the victory at the cross? So if you're in Christ, His victory becomes your victory. So He calls you. What does He call you? He calls you victorious. He calls you overcomer. He calls you redeemed. Amen. He calls you more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. He calls you a king and a priest to God. I want to tell you that I am what God says I am, and you are what God and who God says you are in Jesus Christ. Amen. It'd be good to read through the, the epistles, the, well, the whole New Testament, but especially in the epistles that are written, uh, you know, to the churches, those letters to the churches. And uh, it tells us in those letters, boy, especially in the book of Ephesians. I, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been, you know, praying, and God's been dealing with me about that book of Ephesians and about, about preaching a series of messages uh, here at the church on the book of, from the book of Ephesians. But if you'll get in that book, it tells us what Christ has done for us at Calvary and who we are, the inheritance that we have as sons and daughters of God. So you are who God says you are. In the book of Genesis, Rachel was giving birth to her second son. You can read about it in Genesis 35, but Rachel was, you know, she had given birth to Joseph, and now she's given birth to her, giving birth to her second son. And Rachel was, was going through some, a difficult time in her delivery. She was in hard labor, and actually Rachel died during the delivery of this child. But just before Rachel died, she, she gave a name to that second son and she called his name Benoni. Y'all remember that? She called his name Benoni. And the, the name Benoni means the son of my sorrows. So Rachel's in a difficult situation. She's giving birth, hard labor. The baby's born and she names him Benoni, son of my sorrows. But Jacob, her husband, immediately read, read it in Genesis 35. It's, a, it's an awesome story. Jacob immediately changes the baby's name. The mom's named him, and Jacob, she names him son of my sorrow. And, and Jacob says, no, we're not going to name him that. And immediately, Jacob changes the name of the baby and gives him the name Benjamin. We none of us know who would know who Benoni is, but we all know who Benjamin is. Amen. He's still, that's still a tribe in Israel and will be. His name will be on, praise God, on the gate. On the 
gates, on one of the gates of the new Jerusalem. I'm about to have me and a spell up here this morning. Amen. Praise God. I'm getting excited. But he changed his name to Benjamin. You know what Benjamin means? It means the son of my right hand. The right hand was a place of honor and a place of authority and not a place of sorrow. So Jacob says, no, this baby's not going to be named son of my sorrows, but his name will be the son of my right hand. See, Jacob himself had been given a troubling name at his birth. The name Jacob meant what? It meant heel catcher. It meant deceiver. It meant con artist. But God changed Jacob's name one day when he was wrestling with God at the brook Jabbok. And God changed his name from Jacob to Israel, the prince of God. Praise God. He knew what growing up with a name son of my sorrow would do. So Jacob said, boy, you're not who your mama said you were. You are who I say you are. You are not the cause of sorrow, but you are a man of power and authority. Come on, somebody needs to say amen with me today. It doesn't matter what the devil says you are. It doesn't matter what anybody else says you are. You are who God says you are. I refuse to listen to the lies of the enemy and and take my identity from somebody else. My identity comes through the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. See, you are not what the devil of the world says you are. But you are what the Father names you. And that identifies you, who you are in Christ. Your name today as a child of God is not bitter, sorrowful, failure, or underachiever. Don't let your circumstances today name you. I don't know, Brother Charlie, you know, even mentioned that there's people here, and I, I, I probably, that what he said I, I know is so, that there are people here that are discouraged and some that are going through depression today. But let me tell you, don't let your circumstances name you. Don't let them name you discouraged. Don't let them name you depressed. Don't let them name you loser. Don't let them name you a failure. Are you hearing me? Because that is not. Oh, come on, church. That is not the name that God has given you. You are a child of God. Your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. You are a son and daughter of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. God calls you blessed. I'm glad God changed my name. Whew. So do not let circumstances determine your identity. But number two, another lesson we see here. Circumstances must not distort your view of God. Follow me. I'm going to slow down here because I want you to get this. Somebody told me this week that our church was too long. And I said, you need to find a shorter one. (laughs) Secondly, our circumstances, your circumstances must not distort your view of God. Ruth said this in verse 20 of that first chapter. Do not call me Naomi, call me Myra. Listen to what she said. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Do you see what Naomi's doing? 
Now, she's been through a, a bad time. Bad stuff has happened. But what's she doing? She's blaming God for it. God's been, God's, God's the cause of all my misfortunes. See, and we all go through some things. We've all been through some things that have left us with a, and can leave us with, a distorted view of God. Vicki and I have had opportunity, and I don't like to use us, and I'm, you know, as examples. Um, but uh, we have been through some situations in our life and ministry that, that very easily could cause us <clears throat> to have a distorted view of God. We have had opportunities in our life to get bitter and to get angry and to get mad at God and to blame God for what happened in our situation. And, and that almost, listen to me, that almost happened to me when our, <clears throat> when our, our baby, our first, our, the first little girl that we had there uh, that died, Heather, that died, um, she was nine months old when she died, never got out of the hospital. From the time she was born, she was in St. Louis Children's Hospital for nine months. And um, we were praying. We were believing for her healing. We were, we were assured that God was going to give us a miracle, and he was going to bring her out of that hospital and out of that situation. And even um, the doctors and the nurses that we talked to there at St. Louis Children's Hospital were hopeful, and they gave us a lot of hope. You know, they, one time they'd say, well, she'd be home by this time, by spring. Then they said, well, she'll be home by Thanksgiving. Then she'll be home by Christmas, but it just didn't materialize. And when she didn't make it, when she died, I was mad. I was I was angry. I was mad. On the day of the funeral, I was mad. I was angry. And who was I mad at? I was mad at everybody. <laughs> I was mad at everybody. I was mad at the hospital. I was mad at the doctors. I was mad at the nurses. I was mad at I was mad at God. And and, and that's never listen, that's never a good situation or position to be in. And I was allowing my situation to distort my view of God. But let me tell you something. God, listen, listen, if you don't hear anything else, hear me. God is not your problem. God is not the one that's bringing the problems into our lives. See, don't blame him for our trouble. Jesus said that the thief comes to kill and steal and destroy. We sang about it this morning in one of the songs we sing this morning. God is a good God. Listen to me, saints. Your heavenly Father is a good God. You cannot imagine how much he loves you. You cannot imagine how much he wants to bless you and help you and, and do good for you. He's a good, good Father. James said that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights. Jesus said that if we're evil and we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give what? Help me preach. Good things. Isn't that what he said? How much more will our Father give good things to them that ask Him? See, listen, we cannot allow the enemy to use our problems to leave us with a false image of God. God. God is on your side. God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Come on, amen. Hallelujah. 
See, Naomi felt as if God was against her and that God had caused all of her problems that happened to them there in Moab. But it wasn't God's fault. I don't ever read where God told Elimelech to leave Bethlehem to begin with. I don't ever read where it said that God told them to go to Moab. As a matter of fact, going into a country outside of Israel to live was forbidden by the Lord. And Moab was a pagan, idolatrous land. They had walked away and left the will of God. And that's one thing for sure, that if we leave the will of God, we will have problems and we will suffer for that. And we can bring problems on our own self, amen, by stepping outside of the will of God. That's not the situation. That's not the the situation always, and that's not every case. But we need to always be sure that we're walking in the light of His Word and that we're in the perfect will of God for our life and constantly praying for God's guidance and God's direction in our life. Can I get an amen? We all know. We all know what happened to Job, how that Job lost his wealth and he lost his health. He lost his family. He lost his children. He had ten children. All of them were killed in a storm. And, and Job's wife, you remember her? Job's wife, after Job, her and Job had lost everything, they were the wealthiest people. They were, they were, they were you know, they were part of the upper crust. They had everything wonderful. And they lost it all. God. I didn't do it. Satan did. Come on, somebody. But Job's wife went to him and, and said to Job, said to her, her husband, why don't you just curse God and die? Because God has done this to us. Go ahead, Job. Curse him. Forget about God. He hadn't done us anything good. Listen, these were the words that were spoken from a broken heart with a distorted, listen to me, with a distorted view of God and many times when we're hurting and our heart is broken we can get a distorted view of God and say things that are not right and not in line with the word of God. See it wasn't God who was the culprit Satan was the culprit in what was what had taken place in Job's life but it's amazing to me even though we know that Satan is the thief Satan is the destroyer Satan is the killer, Satan is the troublemaker. God seems to always get the blame. Job saw the difference. He saw a different perspective. His wife is saying, curse God and, and die. But in his opinion, Job had a different opinion. His opinion was, well, you know, if I can curse God and die then I can bless God, praise God, and live. That's the kind of perspective I like, amen. Instead of cursing God and die, why don't we just praise God and live? Amen. God knows how to turn things around for us. Come on, somebody. See, my troubles in life don't alter or change who God is. Whatever I'm facing or going through does not change God. He's the Lord our God. He changes not. And no matter what I'm facing, well, maybe you'll get sick, Brother Rick. Well, I'm believing that God will protect me and keep me from getting sick. But you know what? If I, I have been sick, 
But you know what? That doesn't change who God is. He's still the Almighty God. And you know what? He's still Jehovah Rapha, whether I'm well or whether I'm sick. He's still the Lord God, my healer. Come on, somebody. He's still, that doesn't change. He's still the deliverer. He's still on the throne. He's still the Almighty God. He's still the all-powerful God. And I'm going to praise Him. Listen to me. I'm not going to curse God and die. If I think I'm going to die, I'm going to be praising Him for who He is, that He's my healer, my redeemer, my deliverer, my helper hallelujah and that he'll bring me through every situation that I'm facing in this life somebody will say amen today he doesn't change and it doesn't change who he is in my life but number three circumstances must not devalue your potential now listen to me I've got two more points we're going to get through this we're going to get you home maybe not at 12 But we won't be here all day. Come back tonight. Circumstances must not devalue your potential. How many knows God's got a plan for you? We'll talk about that in a minute. But you have potential as a believer and and God, and here's the thing, we, we, we all know this. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. I'm just reminding you of things that we need to be reminded of. But how many of you all know this and believe that God has the ability and the power to take all the wrong and all the mess and all the hurt and all the loss And everything in your life that went wrong that could make you bitter. And he's got the ability to take all that and turn it into something good in your life. Is that wrong? Is that God? Amen. Doesn't mean that everything that you face in life is good. I don't believe that. I mean, everything that we go through is not good, but God has the ability and, and, and the power to take all the bad stuff and all the bitter stuff and all of that and work it together and make something good. Because, see, listen, your failure is never final. Naomi came out of Moab. She came out of Moab. She was there for 10 years, and she came out of Moab. And all of the trouble that she had faced in Moab, and she came. Who'd she come out of Moab? Now, listen to me. you got to get this. Who did Naomi come out of Moab with? Ruth. She didn't come out of out of, out of, uh, she didn't come out of, out of Moab with, Op- what's her name? It wasn't o- Oprah Winfrey. It was... <laughs> Orpa, Orpa, I always get them too mixed up. <laughs> but she came out of, she came out of Moab with Ruth. Now, that's interesting. So what's the big deal with that, Brother Rick? Well, here's the thing, because Orpa, you know what Orpa means? Orpa means stiff-necked. Woo! Hallelujah. And you like you wouldn't want to be married to her, would you? You know what Ruth means? Ruth means beautiful. I love that. So she comes out of Moab after all she's been through, not with Orpah stiff-necked, 
But she comes out with Ruth beautiful. Oh, hallelujah. See, see, you can't always help finding yourself in Moab. Now listen to me. You, you, you may spend some time in Moab. And you may and will experience some difficult times. And you can't help that, that trouble and difficulty come into your life. But you can, listen to me saints, get a hold of this. You can determine what you come out of Moab with or who you come out of Moab with. Amen? See, see, see Naomi, Naomi tried to get them both to go back and old stiff neck did. Amen? Orpah did. She went back. But she told Ruth, you know, she said, you go on back. back. I I can't promise you any anything, you know, and I don't have anything to give. And you, I tell you what, that that verse of scripture over there in that first chapter. Let me see if I can find it, the sixteenth verse. And here's what Ruth said when when Naomi trying to get rid of beautiful Ruth. Ruth said, "Look, entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. And your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God." She's not about to get rid of Ruth. She's going to stick with her. Praise God. Like, you know, like a, like a chicken on a June bug. She's going to stay with her. She's not going to give up. And she's going to continue to follow Naomi. Amen. See, you can determine what you come out of Moab with. You can walk out with bitterness. You can leave with a stiff neck. You can come out of your trouble with a hard, stubborn heart and anger and resentment or you can choose to pick something else. You can choose to come out of Moab and come out of your trouble with a Ruth, with something beautiful, with something precious, with something lovely. Hallelujah. See, don't let the trials of your life make you bitter, but let them form you into something through your praise and your consecration to God. Let them form you into someone who is beautiful and who is lovely and who is sweet. And don't let any of them call you Mara I don't care what I've been through I'm still Naomi I'm still a child of God amen praise God you can come out bitter or better you can come out mad at God or praising God the choice belongs to us last of all number four Your circumstances must not destroy your destiny. Do not allow your circumstances to destroy your destiny. God has a plan for your life. Naomi, God had a plan for Naomi's life, didn't he? She had spent 10 years in Moab, but Naomi had a destiny to be a part of God's plan that she couldn't even begin to imagine. She, she never dreamt. When she was going through the bitter situations of life, Naomi never dreamed of what God had planned for her. My Lord. See, God's got a plan for you, and it's a good plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, he said, to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So God's got a plan for you. And Naomi's destiny, you know what her destiny was? You know what God's plan for her was? You know what God did for Naomi? Her destiny was to bring Ruth 
into the life of Boaz, which she did, and to produce a child that would be linked to the throne of David and be in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Oh, a Gentile Moabite woman out of the covenant was brought into Bethlehem by Naomi and brought to Boaz and produced a child who was the grandfather, the child that was the product of the marriage of Boaz and Naomi was Obed, wasn't it? And Obed beget Jesse and Jesse beget David and David through David came through that lineage came the Messiah the Lord Jesus Christ I don't care how dark your Moab is I don't care how bad your situation is I'm telling you God's got a destiny for you he had a plan for Naomi he had a plan for Ruth and God this is another example church of how God takes all those bad stuff all that bad stuff and can work it out to fulfill the destiny and the plan that he has for your life. Amen? Hallelujah. See, when, 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 when Ruth gave birth to Obed and, and the neighbor women brought Obed, that little, her, 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 uh, her little grandbaby, to her, to Naomi, it said that the women said to Naomi in chapter 4 of Ruth, it said that the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. Aren't you glad God nourishes us in our old age? Praise God. Hallelujah. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, oh, come on, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. And also the neighbor women gave him a name and said, This is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed, for he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Naomi had, had experienced so much sorrow and trouble that she wanted to be called Myra. She wanted to be called bitter. But God guided her circumstances and worked for her in the end. And she received God's blessing in the end. And I tell you, when she's cradling little old bed in her arms, can you imagine? She's probably saying, it doesn't say this, but she's probably saying, she's probably saying, I'm glad nobody called me Myra. And I'm glad nobody's calling me Myra today because I am sweet and I am blessed. And God has been so good to me. And, she, and God turned her difficulty into a life of praise. And she fulfilled the destiny. She fulfilled the destiny that God had for her. See, God can take all your bad stuff, as I said a while ago, and he can turn it into good. And we know it's in the New Testament in Romans 8, 28, for it says, For we know, not something we think or we hope, but we know that all things, all things, all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. If God be for us, who can be against us? And Paul said in Romans 8, 37, we are more, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. Oh, man. See, that's the Paul Harvey message. That's the rest of the story. She didn't live her life in bitterness, but she overcame it. 
And God brought blessing out of her trial. See, you can come out. You can come out of your Moab experience of hurt and despair. You can come out of that discouragement. You can come out of that depression. You can refuse all the, 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 the residue and marks of where you have been because it don't matter where you've been. It matters where you are now. And what you've been through, you, you, you don't have to let that mar who you are or stop you from, from reaching your destiny. All of us have, we can all sing that song, Wasted Years. Oh, how foolish. I've wasted years in my life that I wish I could get back, but I can't. But you know what? I'm not going to let those wasted years mar what I have today in Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. You are who God says you are. Worship team, make your way back. No matter what your situation, do not let the circumstances of your life tag you with a name that negatively marks your future. Because God says you are mine. I've called you by your name. You are a child of God, and you are blessed and highly favored.